Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Professional Sports Talk podcast. I'm going to be your host for this week and the next 17 weeks to come. My name is Jack. I'm really excited to be starting up this podcast. It means a lot if you clicked on this and if you can share this with friends, family, whoever. It'll become in helpful for all their betting and fantasy needs, especially for the NFL season. Um, I'm looking, hoping, I don't know. I'm just testing all this out. I'm just getting my feet into the water. So maybe I'll get into the NBA once that starts up. We're going to see how much time I have on my hands and how much I like doing this. And then we'll play from there. Either way, thank you for tuning in today. We're going to jump right into it with the latest and greatest of the NFL, starting with the preseason and my takeaways of the preseason. In a general rule of thumb, I don't pay too much attention to the preseason. I like to see snap counts. I like to see the percentages. I like to see the raw numbers. Not as much production, but more who's stepping in where, who's looking like they're on the first team, who's looking like they're on the second team, and what implications that might have in fantasy football. So the main things I took away from fantasy football was that one, my bears hate receivers and we have none of them left in our lineup. Secondly, and more seriously, I see a lot of running backs and a lot of running back commutes that, or excuse me, running back committees that they seem to have very little shift in their usage. And if they do, they seem to have little impact on their actual drives, if that makes any sense. What I mean by that is there are backs like Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, um, they're sharing a lot of split time and sure we are projecting that miles Gaston is going to get 60 to four or 60 to 55 percent of the touches while malcolm may get 20 to 35 and salvin Ahmed a little bit in there too their roles are very caved out in this offense and i think this is becoming more and more clear as flores gets used to these guys Ahmed's the best runner out of them Gaskin's the best pass catcher and Brown is the best blocker and that's not much of a debate by now if you don't realize that by now then you're not really watching the film and the thing is it's pretty easy to see that that's what they're going for Malcolm is the biggest of them all he can really get in there and throw a chip into a defensive end or a linebacker blitzing Gaskin that's not his game at all Gaskin's actually a really great receiving back who goes really under the radar and Ahmed's probably like I said the best runner out of both of them moving on to more backfields and similar situations obviously we have the Niners who have uh, Raheem Mostert starting right now who I have damn near zero faith in Um, he is 28 or 29 if I'm not mistaken Um, he's never really had a team of permanent residents other than the Niners in the past few years and even then he's been scarcely available with his injuries he's been frequently injured and frequently on the IR or pup lists um so the upside for Trey Sermon is definitely there I'm sure these are things you've heard a lot of the preseason you don't need me going into too much depth about these things so I won't I'll keep it simple Raheem Mostert's 180 nine pounds i want to say trey sermon's a 225 pound back who can do a lot of the same things and not have the durability issues that raheem mostert has moving on to more backfields and similar scenarios of course we have the ravens and jk dobbins going down recently we all know this brings gus edwards stock way up and justice hill may be put into a third down kind of role or even uh Tyson Williams, who has really broken out in the preseason here, but there's still 
a lot of unknown in this backfield and there is a very high chance that Lamar is going to take a lot of the goal line work from these backs. Obviously, if you want any of them, you want Gus Edwards, but don't take him as a high-end RB2. You want to take him as a low-end RB2 if you're in redraft, if you haven't drafted yet. If you've already drafted and you took him in a very late round in that, I don't know, 8th through 10th round, you're looking great. You're really in good shape. You're drafting him as a flex, an RB3 even, maybe even your RB4. So that's great news for you. Same way with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. His tr- obviously, James Robinson's stock is going to go up significantly with Travis Etienne's injury, but don't get that confused. Urban Meyer wants to use these backs in this in this locker room. He's going to split the touches. Carlos Hyde's probably going to get 30% of these snaps here. And that's not a small amount. James Robinson's volume was some of the best among all running backs last year. And sure, he had some efficiency on those touches. But by pure volume standpoint, there's no way he's going to have a season like that again. And again, I'm not going to go into too great of details about this because a lot of you guys have already drafted for fantasy. And a lot of you guys have been hearing this all offseason long. So I'm going to keep this first part with backfields and whose stock is up and whose stock is down pretty brief here. Another guy that I'm getting lower and lower on, I'm fading more and more, who's someone I was really high on when this whole preseason started, and once, especially once the Panthers acquired Sam Donald, is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is a guy who his ceiling is not the highest, but his floor is getting lower and lower as we speak. The more Terrence Marshall looks as good as he is, it's not only going to take away from Robbie's production, but it's going to take away from DJ Moore's production as well. And it's also going to take a little bit away from Christian McCaffrey's. That I'm not so much concerned about because we know CMC is going to get heavily involved. We know he's probably going to have 100 plus catches. We know he might even have 1,000 receiving yards again. My point is Terrence Marshall is working his way up this depth chart and he's looking extremely efficient in both training camp and preseason. That is something 100% to keep track of. The reason why I was so high on Robbie Anderson to explain myself a little bit was the connection with Sam Darnold, of course, but also because I think that Sam Darnold brings a serious upgrade at quarterback and I think this offense is going to be seriously rolling into the season. There's a good chance this Panthers team might sneak up into a playoff spot in the NFC. Of course, that's really hard being in the NFC South and of course, having all those NFC West teams be so legit. But I'm telling you right now, do not sleep on these Panthers. They are young, they are hungry, and they are ready to go. Moving on to a couple other guys who I'm maybe higher on, maybe lower on. One of the guys that I'm really getting high on in these upcoming weeks, and especially with a lot of the news coming out of their camp and with Cam being cut, is Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers was dominating DBs in preseason, and he's looking like by far and away the clear-cut number one in this wide receivers patriots or excuse me in this wide receiver room of the patriots nelson aguilar is brand new there sure they have kendrick Bourne, but these are guys who are not wide receiver ones typically sure nelson aguilar had a pretty good year last year with the raiders but that was more because of volume i think the volume in this offense the two focal points sure nelson aguilar is going to get a lot of targets in that offense but he's more of a wide receiver too in my point of view i think jacoby's the real deal i think jacoby's going to be getting the ball a lot more and now that cam's under center they're going to be more accurate passes than they would have been if they were from 
excuse me, I just said if now that Cam is under center, I meant to say now that Mac is under center. They have very similar names. Wow. Point is, there's going to be better balls coming his way. There's probably going to be more balls coming his way. And even if you can't entirely trust this Patriots offense, the place where he's getting taken at in drafts right now is some of the last few rounds of a 12, 10 team PPR format. If you can get that in the 12th through 15th round of a 12-man league, I'll take that. That value is going to be irreplaceable, especially with, obviously, there's a lot of receiver depth and there's less running back depth this year, but still, there's so much unknown in this, and we've already seen Jacoby have decent numbers before, and I only believe these are going to increase. He's only get, he's only getting more targets. He's still fairly young. He's in an up-and-coming offense. This team should be a lot more competitive and a lot better. Keep in mind, this team was, what, 9-7 and seven last year? We act like they were 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. They're a good team. They might really give some people some headaches, and Jacoby might all be part of that. Moving on to one last guy who's falling down my boards, just to give a little balance to the guys moving up and the guys moving down. Another guy moving down my boards, and someone who was just going way too early at one point in the draft process is Michael Carter. Michael Carter, I was really high on coming out of the draft. I thought both of those running backs at a UNC, and I still think they are extremely talented. Um, Javante Williams, obviously sitting behind Melvin Gordon. A lot of people are very high on him. Um, I think he could be on some championship rosters because later in the year, there's that's when those guys tend to really you know come out of their shell and spring into these great backs um that's if melvin gordon you know is fully healthy who knows what really happens there guys always get banged up all the time so it's very situational who knows but michael carter is someone who's not getting very many touches um we have to keep in mind we still don't know what this jets offense looks like sure we have ideas robert Saul is coming over from that kyle shanahan system he's going to bring over that strong running game they have elijah vera tucker and makai becton on that side of the line they're going to try and do a lot of inside zones uh that type of stuff but we just don't know what this offense is going to look like sure zach wilson was pretty impressive in preseason he was honestly one of the better rookies i saw that entire time and it really did surprise me um i think i was sleeping on him a little bit in this process but michael carter is sure take him in late in your dynasty leagues i think he's a great back i think he'll end up being a great back but this year this present opportunity there are still guys ahead of him on the depth chart such as ty johnson which even if i don't fully understand they're still ahead of him um and it's just what are we going to get sure this and this division's getting better let's let's be honest Buffalo is legit. Miami is legit. New England's supposed to be better this year. I don't have the rest of their schedule right off the top of my head, but just from a logistical standpoint, if you're going to think he was going in like the seventh round at one point, I would so much rather take the upside of a guy or maybe the eighth round. I would so much rather take the upside of a guy, like obviously it's a different position, so it's a little different, of an Antonio Brown who was literally getting force-fed the ball absurd amount an absurd amount, pardon me. It, there's just no real reason and why you're taking the talent of Michael Carter when you just haven't seen it yet. I like the things that we know. I like guarantees in fantasy football. We want sure things. And of course, yards and 
touchdowns matter the most in fantasy but beyond that if you're getting volume those yards and touchdowns are going to come anyways and i just don't see michael carter getting the volume he needs to break out in this offense maybe there's some injuries in the future keep him as a waiver wire ad later in the season let your dumbass league league mates draft him too early and then watch them drop him as you can pick him up in week fucking whatever week eight week 10 whatever it may be pick, pick him up when he needs to be picked up but leave him there and let your league mates draft him i'm telling you he's not worth his value right now and it's just someone you want to fade because there's much more guys around that range in the draft that you're gonna find a lot more upside in so that's enough for the sell low excuse me sell high buy low all that type of stuff who's who i'm fading who i'm looking up for in drafts um we can do that week from week of but obviously it's not going to be draft it's going to be more waiver wire additions waiver wire drops that type of stuff um so moving on to the week one schedule and my very own game picks we're going to be looking at cbs sports um over unders of all the games so obviously some games I might pick against the spread. I might pick, for example, the Buccaneers Tampa Bay spread. I believe, yeah, Bucks are favored by six and a half. Um, I could easily see the Cowboys bringing it within three points and still having the Buccaneers winning. So that's a little bit of a different situation there. I'd obviously be saying the Cowboys would cover the spread, but the Bucks will still win the game straight up. Um, so I will be comparing both. Um, just to make that a little more clear um not saying i will do that just as an example but i guess we can start right there right there uh first game of the entire season we got cowboys at buccaneers um buccaneers obviously coming off a very dominant super bowl performance everyone knows that that's not news um all 22 starters back again everyone knows that that's not news they're gonna be dominant as shit um tom brady's gonna be sharp as shit uh their weapons are fucking running around everywhere this cowboys defense is not gonna be able to stop them just no way in hell um i will say though that over under 52 i would take that over one i i would i would sure the buccaneers defense is amazing and maybe dak is coming off he's still coming dealing with the shoulder injury i feel like his ankle's 100 percent by now there's just nothing not much to worry about that there obviously we we've heard um in camp that he's been dealing with a shoulder strain and he got an mri he got a second mri um both came back clean obviously uh but what i'm trying to get to is maybe he won't be 100 percent, but i think 90 percent of dak and all those weapons around him i still think that's more than enough to get you over that 52 point barrier um purely because both these offenses are going to be firing on all cylinders um who knows how much of a lane Zeke is going to have to run through with that dominant Bucks defense. Um, sorry, front seven. Uh, and who, I mean, who knows how good that secondary is going to be. So again, it's, it's a little bit of a risk. I'll still take the Buccaneers to win that game. Um, and honestly, I, they probably will win by about a touchdown, which is seven points. So they'll probably cover that spread as opposed to what I said earlier. Um, but I do, I do think it'll be a really good game. It'll be a very high scoring game. I think it's a great way to open the season. Um, and yeah, I think as far as people you want to look to start in this game, uh, obviously you want your CD lambs. Um, he's pretty much a start every single week at this point. Um, even above a guy like Amari Cooper, I'm really high on CD lamb this year. Um, on the Buccaneers, there's just so many mouths to feed. And until I know, um, more 
directly like what's going where you're not gonna be benching any of these guys you're not gonna be benching chris godwin you're not gonna be benching mike evans um you're probably gonna be benching antonio brown but if you're in like a really thin like 12 man ppr league where people are really on their shit and uh you didn't have the most comfortable flex spot maybe right now in your flex you've got like a jarvis landry or like a robbie anderson even or like a mike davis something like that um i would seriously consider starting antonio brown um again that is mostly because of a volume standpoint um it was pretty obvious and clear when he did come there they weren't i wouldn't say force feeding him the rock but they were giving him plenty of screen passes um there were lots of plants lots of uh little hook routes just to get him involved um little things and those are the points those little seven yard gains eight yard gains screen around for a 10 yard gain um even if he's not getting touchdowns those are catches and in ppr that matters a lot in standard don't start his ass just keep him on the bench wait wait till just wait to see what happens because again they got so many damn weapons um this backfield i'm just gonna stay away from because jesus they got leonard Fournette on first and second down and then ronald jones maybe even on first and second down and then giovanni bernard is going to be taking all the third down reps so it just doesn't sound like a great recipe especially not for ppr standards because there's almost no receiving upside to leonard Fournette and ronald jones uh besides the point i'm getting sidetracked take the bucks to cover that spread take the over under or sorry take the over on the over under and let's get going in the next game sorry that was probably really loud i shouldn't snap anyways next game we got the cardinals at the titans Ooh, and the titans are only favored by two and a half Ooh, yeah so the titans are gonna cover that spread they're gonna win this game they're gonna cover that spread i'm really high on the titans this year i think julio with aj brown and derrick henry that's the best skill trio in the league and it's not that close if i'm being honest i mean sure you got mike evans you got chris godwin you got you know but then who's that running back you know what i mean as far as complete sure you can throw out the chiefs in there clyde edwards hilaire tyree kill travis kelsey sure that's fair but i still don't think that's on this level if i'm being completely honest i just haven't seen it from ceh whatever that's besides the point if this titan's offense is gonna be fucking killer they're gonna shatter all types of records ryan Tannehill is my dark horse mvp um julio jones is about to have a great year aj brown's gotta have a better year than he did last year which is hard to think of um because he's gonna be pulling off all that all those second teams aren't gonna be coming his way double teams excuse me all those double teams are not gonna be coming his way um so yeah some guys you want to look out for i just said it aj brown julio jones um always start kyler murray because kyler murray and deandre hopkins are you're never gonna be sitting those guys um but about everyone else this is again going to be a pretty high scoring game but i do think the titans will win by a field goal or more or more the spread is at two and a half so that suggests a field goal or more um and the over under is at 51 which is really really juicy but i just believe in this titans defense a little more this year they've had a ton of additions janoris jenkins a phenomenal lockdown corner arguably the saints best corner last year i know marshall Lattimore there is there i know but that's how good he was um they have bud dupree they've got caleb farley they got that man they got that rookie safety i can't think of his name oh man whatever point is they're improved i don't think this cardinals team is going to put up too many points on the board um despite i do like this cardinals team but 
I just can't trust him quite yet. I'm going to take the under in this game, so under 51 points, and I'm going to take the Titans to cover the spread. Moving on to the Seahawks and the Colts. Wow, this we got a ton of great week one games here, but this one really surprises me because the Colts are actually favored in this game by two and a half points, which, what? They, no, they, uh, I'm just, the Colts are one of those teams that are, you're just getting bad energy from at training camp. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries. Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, two of the most important guys in their entire team have been dealing with injuries recently. Um, sure, we can be optimistic, and there has been a lot of optimism in their camp about them coming back a lot earlier than scheduled. Um, I think they're actually both supposed to play week one, but who knows if they're going to be 100%. And even if they are, this is a legit Seahawks team. We have seen the Seahawks team make the playoffs fucking how many times in a row now? Like, nine like literally um so it's just seems a little far-fetched to be buying in on this colts train and i don't know it's poor colts you know because they have a tough schedule ahead of them they've had a lot of injuries um they've obviously had large disputes in their camp about players getting vaccinated players not getting vaccinated which i can only imagine has to affect a locker room like there's just no way inconsistencies like that cannot affect people um not gonna weigh my opinion on that but it has to some it has to have something to do with it my point is um so i think the seahawks are i wouldn't i wouldn't say they're gonna blow out the colts um this is again another game with an over under 52 which is just like so many of these over unders are i just want to say like push because they they're so accurate i feel like like this could totally happen but that's not possible obviously um but i guess if i had to choose one i'd probably choose the under i'd probably choose the under at 52 um but i would definitely go with the uh seahawks to win seahawks i mean seahawks are going to cover that spread there's no way that the colts are going to win by three points so um yeah i mean i just think the seahawks are going to win that game straight up um as far as guys you want to look for on your fantasy teams in this game um i mean obviously it's your russell wilson's it's your tyler lockett's it's your dk metcalf's you're not going to sit those guys um chris carson is another guy who obviously the colts front seven is pretty damn good and chris carson's a guy who tends to do better against worse competition as any other running back in this fucking league does um but chris carson's got a pretty high floor sure his ceiling's not the highest but you know that he's that running back you know what type of touches he's going to get you know he might catch a pass or two or three um so i think it's still worth a start you're not going to bench him on this guy you probably took him in the fourth or fifth round so regardless you're going to start this guy um as far as some sleepers in this game look out for there's always seems to be those week one blow up guys so look out for a guy like gerald everett obviously uh i don't expect too much big things for him over the season you've heard that from a lot of people i'm sure um but there's always those one couple of players who really blow up in week one and then the whole fantasy world overreacts and says like shit why didn't i take him or shit i need to trade for him now so look for gerald everett to have a big blow up game and if he does sell that shit get someone in your league who's tight and desperate and give him that shit and use that shit to get something back out of it because it's gonna help you out um oh man i was supposed to be doing win totals as i was going wasn't i i totally was 
I totally, totally, totally was. Sorry, if you can hear me typing. That is me looking up the CBS win totals. So we're gonna start. Sorry, we're just gonna we're just gonna make up the ground I left off at. So uh, obviously we've already covered Buccaneers, Cowboys. The Buccaneers are projected at eleven and a half wins, and I think that's a pretty easy over for me. Um, they're just they went what they went like eleven and five last year. I want to say um, with really at the beginning of the year looking really shaky, uh, losing two games to the Saints, getting blown out two games to the Saints. Um, don't think that'll happen again. Uh, their schedule is actually pretty freaking easy this year, which is like, I don't know. You can say what you want to say about that, but I'm, I saw some statistic um, that it was like the fourth easiest schedule in the league or something like that, which is kind of ridiculous. But either way, in, an, in a 17-game season, 12 wins seems like a little too pessimistic for me. Um, all 22 starters coming back. Of course, they, if they can stay healthy, I think they're going to easily go over 11 and a half. I could easily see this team being 13 and four, 14 and three in that range. Um, moving on to the Cowboys, they're slated at nine and a half wins, which is a great projection for them. Cause I could, in my head, I was going between nine and eight, wait, nine and eight. No, sorry. Nine and seven. No, wait. Yeah. Nine and eight. What the hell am I doing? Nine and eight and 10 and seven and i could easily see both happening but since i'm a little low on washington compared to most people i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and i know it's gonna bite me in the ass because every year i seem to believe in the cowboys they suck every year i'm writing off the cowboys they're actually pretty good but i'm gonna say they go 10 and 7 and win their division i know purely because their offense not because their defense um I just don't trust Fitzpatrick in Washington, I guess. That's mostly what it is. Um, I think their defense is going to regress a little bit. The The thing I really see with defenses year to year, there's always these dominant great defense that seem to somewhat come out of nowhere, and then people expect them to just stay great, and they almost never do. Um, I'm not saying that this is going to be exactly the case for Washington because I still think Washington is probably going to have one of the best five defenses in the league, but they're just not going to be world breakers like they were last year. And even last year, they had a losing record and they limped their way into the playoffs. How many big upgrades have they made this year that really carry them into the next level when the rest of their division, at least on paper, should be better? Am I am I wrong by saying that? I feel like the Cowboys should be significantly better. The Giants, at least on paper have much more weapons should have more firepower their defense was looking a lot better at the end of the year with um leonard williams and james bradbury and all those guys picking it up on defense um the eagles suck but whatever um my point is is that washington i think a lot of people are just a little too high on them and they're looking at their ceiling and not their floor i think their floor is actually pretty damn low especially because i just Sure, Fitzpatrick was playing pretty good ball last year, but it's Fitz. Are we forgetting that this guy is like the most inconsistent quarterback in NFL history? That he can easily throw like four picks in a game. I just, I, I don't really understand it. Um, I want to fully buy in. I like this Washington team a lot. I like a lot of their players. I love Antonio Gibson. I love Terry McLaurin. I love Chase Young. I love uh, Jamin Davis, that new linebacker they just got. Deami Brown's a fucking stud. But if you can't bring it all together, and I'm not sure they will, um, 
and especially in this NFC, it's just, I don't know. There's, there's, if you look at all the teams and you look at all the teams willing to make a playoff push and able to make a playoff push, I think Washington's just that eighth best team. And, and obviously in a 17 playoff format, that doesn't get you in. So anyways, that was kind of a two for one. I kind of just explained how I'm a little, whatever point is Cowboys winning the division. Washington's out of the playoffs. Uh, Washington's projected i guess i can just go over the win total now washington is projected at eight wins and fuck that's probably a push they'll probably i i my projections i'm going eight and nine but because i can't do that i made the own rules myself i'm not going to be calling any pushes because that's just lame um i'm gonna give them the under i think they're gonna go seven and ten which watch they'll probably go 11 and six now you know i'll look like an idiot um but anyways so the cardinals and the titans are the next two teams win over the cardinals win total is at um their win total is at eight so vegas thinks they're gonna go eight and nine um by the way all of these win totals odds uh over under all the shenanigans i'm getting off cbs sports you can check it out for yourself uh thanks cbs for letting me steal your picks yeah um i don't really think they mind right um, whatever. So Washington is projected eight wins. The Cardinals are projected eight wins. Um, I think that's about right. I think that's about right. But because I can't call for a push, I'm going to say, oh, fuck. I'm going to say they go seven and 10. I'm going to say they go seven and 10 purely because that division is just brutal. The Rams, I think are going to be world beaters i think they're going to win that division i think the seahawks are probably the other team from that conference in the playoffs and then of course everyone knows what the niners are doing a lot of people have the niners actually winning the division um i think they fully can if they stay healthy um but i i still have them as a wild card team and by you know by process of elimination that leaves the cardinals the behind out of the picture and probably with seven wins 10 losses um and that has nothing to do with Kyler Murray, by the way, that has everything to do with like Cliffs Kingsbury, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not here to shit talk things. Kings, Kings, Kingsbury, what is your name? Um, and then the Titans, they're at nine and a half wins. That's a fucking over. That's I don't have to say shit about that. I already said how wow, I was high on the Titans. That's they're gonna win more than nine and a half games. No way. If they don't win ten games, I'm gonna be shocked um okay and then we got the seahawks and we got the colts so we're going back to the win totals over unders the colts are at 10 what no they're not going to win 10 games i'm this is just another one of those teams what? how okay they're projected the same amount of wins as the browns niners and seahawks i don't know about you guys but they are not in that tier whatsoever the colts are first off just a lot of uncertainty sure some people can buy into the whole frank reich carson wentz synergy carson was an mvp candidate when he was with reich whatever but but there's so much health uncertainty with this team and there's just they need one more stud on defense for me to really say they're that next tier of teams um I truthfully don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're probably a 9-8 and eight team. I think they'll be positive. I think they'll go over 500. But 10 wins seems a little generous for them. So I'm not going to give them that. Uh, and then they're playing the Seahawks, who are also, as I just mentioned, at 10 wins. And I think, again, that's a push. They're going to they're gonna go 10-7. and seven. But if I had to, 
yeah, I'd say they're gonna go over. They'll go eleven and six. If I had to pick one, they'll go eleven and six. All right. So now we're all caught up. We're gonna go back to the Vikings at Bengals matchup. Bengals are oh excuse me vikings are favored by three i was about to say why the hell are the Bengals favored um the vikings are favored by three which i think they'll cover um obviously the vikings have had not the best training camp at all uh irv smith looks like he's out for season um same sort of situation with the colts um a few of their players <clears throat> kirk cousins um have openly admitted they're against the vaccine um again i don't want to just assume this is affecting locker rooms but i kind of am um <laughs> i just think that that's going to leave a little resentment in the locker room um the packers are just so damn good um i think my bears are going to be i did say my bears i'm a bears fan i think my bears are going to be a little bit better um detroit's obviously ass um but still i think this vikings team is the very cusp of a playoff spot they're probably like again like an eighth seed in the nfc um they can maybe sneak in as a seventh seed um but i just haven't seen this defense really pull it together particularly in the secondary we know what their front seven can do um obviously they have eric kendricks hope we hope Neil hunter comes back 100 percent um they have anthony barr coming back they have they've got some dudes on the front is one of my point is but their secondary is just so damn unproven and um obviously they added patrick peterson but that's more of like a veteran presence um i don't really think that really significantly boosts your secondary's production i think that's more of like a mentor role to these other guys um like the dancelers and the uh just a lot of their other early draft picks that they've had if mike hughes is still on the team i don't even fucking know if mike hughes is still on the team um but like a lot of these early draft picks they wasted not wasted sorry i'm saying wasted because they're not that good but um that they used <laughs> on uh this again all respect to nfl players this is all relatively speaking i couldn't go out there and cover an nfl wide receiver i'm just saying relatively speaking they're not very good to their competition point is um the Bengals are worse that's my point joe burrow we've heard he's had mental issues getting over his injury he's physically near 100 percent from what we hear but there's a mental part of him that just can't click in uh, i think this Bengals team is going to start off the rule really slow year really slow pardon me um i think they might pick up at the end of the year but we just have nothing to look forward to here right they i mean they got a bunch of wide receivers and a quarterback who's scared to throw so i'll take the vikings there that over under is at 48 and again this is another one that i can just see like shit they nailed it like that's could damn well be the final score together um but I'll take the under just because i think this Bengals offense is going to be extremely underwhelming and i don't think the vikings offense is anything to write too much home about but i still think they're going to tear up the Bengals. um looking at those teams win totals the vikings are at eight and a half um oh god that's another really hard one i'm gonna say i'm gonna say over i'm gonna say they're gonna go nine and eight yeah i am nine and eight not much to say there just over 500 above average um yeah i don't know they've got they've got a good offense they can be explosive obviously they've got one of the better running backs in the league uh kirk is like a 15th best quarterback in the league probably and they got a pretty good 
dynamic receiving duo. Um, only problem is his injuries and that defense. So uh, who knows if they can get healthy, if their defense drastically improves, they could win 10 games. I, but I think that's about their ceiling is what I'm saying. And their floor is probably about seven. Uh, yeah, but moving on to the Bengals, they're at six and a half wins. And that's another team where I'm just going to take the under because I just, Joe is not a hundred percent. They went, what the, how many games did they win last year? Like, I don't even know. They didn't, they didn't win a whole lot of games. And obviously Joe was there for part of that and he was doing everything in his power. But this O-line is really not that much improved from the last time we saw it. Sure. Jonah Williams is coming back. Um, but until I see it, until they prove something, until they show me something, I can't project them to go seven and ten. So I'm gonna project them to go like six and eleven, and that's under six and a half. Moving on to the Eagles and the Falcons. Um, oh, back up, Vikings Bengals. Um, on the Bengals, don't start like nobody. Like you're gonna start Joe Mixon. That's cool. Do that. You took him too high. You got to start him. But that's like don't expect him to you know, do nothing absolutely wild, but he'll have a solid game. Uh, as far as the Vikings go, it's the same thing. They're very top heavy. You know, who you're going to start, you know, who you're going to sit. Uh, you're probably not going to start Kirk unless you're in a super flex, in which case go for it. You're fine. Um, Thielen, I'm pretty low on, on the year. This could be one of his better games. He's a very touchdown dependent receiver. Uh, I believe last year he had like 35%, some ridiculous percent of his points came from just receiving touchdowns. Uh, which is just absurd. But, um, and we know who Justin Jefferson is. We know he's a baller. We know he's dealing with a little bit of an injury right now, but we're hoping that is not going to affect him too much, especially against this Bengals secondary who just lost one of their best corners in William Jackson and pretty much only has Jesse Bates there to defend for themselves or defend for himself, um, which isn't really going to be affecting Justin, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much all you want to look for there. Next, we got Eagles at Falcons. Falcons are favored by three and a half. Um, I think they're probably going to win by more than three and a half. Spreads at, f or sorry, over under, not spread. Over under is at 46 and a half. I think that's going to go over. Um, both these defenses fucking suck. It's part of my language. Um, Grandma, if you're watching this, just, why are you watching this? Yeah, um, both these defenses fucking suck. Um, I think Mike Davis is going to do a whole bunch of nothing this game because the one thing that is good about the Eagles' defense is their run D, and Mike Davis has proven time and time again he's not – oh, I'm dropping shit. He's not the most efficient runner. Um, he has never really been the feature back of a team, and that's for a fucking reason. He's a 28-year-old journeyman who can't find a home uh, because no one wants his ass, and he is – well, it's not that efficient. Sure, he's the only back in this backfield. He's going to get a shit ton of touches, but that doesn't mean you have to start him every week because if you're not a dumbass, you took him in like the sixth round and or the fifth round, and you can afford to put someone else to your flex, and you already have two RBs. Of course, if you're in, I don't know, 14-man, even some 12-man leagues who some guys really know what they're doing, and you really just don't have a better option at your flex, I would look at guys like... Hmm, like Jarvis Landry, like look for a receiver, like even maybe Antonio Brown, even like a guy like I think Emmanuel Sanders could have a decent game. Uh, I think someone like I'm trying to think who else I could throw in in that slot. Uh, Sutton, maybe. Um, shit. 
uh, Calloway. Why am I forgetting his name? His name. His name. Uh, fuck. Marquez Calloway, maybe even. Uh, that might be a stretch. I don't know. My point is, I don't think Mike Davis is gonna have the best game here. Um, that Eagles run defense is stout. Um, some guys to look out for. You're gonna start Calvin Ridley. No fucking shit. But some guys to really look out for and blow up is look for Kyle Pitts to make a big splash week one. Um and be hyped on Kyle Pitts because I'm really high on Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is a fucking animal. Uh, that's no news to anyone. Everyone knows how good Kyle is. But my point is um, he might even blow some people away week one who have not been paying enough attention to him when he was playing at Florida. Um, as far as guys on the Eagles, this could be a really good game for Jalen Hurst to get some rushing opportunities and some rushing touchdowns. Um, Jalen Hurst could definitely be a guy, especially if you're in super flex leagues, to play at your quarterback spot. Um, I think Miles Sanders could have a really good game for himself this game. And I think Devonta Smith, again, another rookie, might make a big splash this game because, again, these defenses suck. Um, still, give me the Falcons just because the Falcons got a better offense. Is it just me or do these, these guys seem to play like every single year week one? I swear to God, they just did this. Um, I could be wrong. I don't know. Let me know. Um, looking at these guys' win totals, we got, I think they're pretty similar. I think they're both seven actually. Yeah, they are. Eagles are at seven. Falcons are at seven. Um, ooh. Falcons is another team I want to say push, but I, because of the rules I implemented on myself and to make this show more entertaining, I cannot do that. So I'm going to say they're both going to go under. I'm going to say they're both going to go 6-11 and 11, around there. Um, Eagles could be even worse. Eagles could easily be like 3-14. and 14. I would not be surprised. Um, Gardner could be starting at the end of the year, and I would not be surprised. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I think seven wins is their absolute ceiling, and I do not see them hitting that. I just don't see enough talent on this team. Um, I think there's a lot of question marks, especially if you really don't know what you're getting at a quarterback, um, particularly a quarterback this young. Uh, it, it it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Um, think about how we thought, or I shouldn't say we. A couple years ago when Drew Locke played those last four games and he looked like a baller, I got way too high on the Broncos and I was not taking him. Of course, I'm not going to pick him to win the division because the Chiefs were so dominant, but I had him as a wild card team that year. Um, and then Drew Locke just stunk the bed last year. Um, and I'm not going to do the same thing with Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts didn't even look as good as whatever. You get my point. He didn't look as good as Drew Locke. Um, Jalen Hurts is maybe one day hopefully i hope god i hope i'm wrong about all these fucking things i hope i hope jalen hurts is a baller i hope he i hope he proves me wrong i hope he goes crazy i hope he wins most improved player that's not a thing that's the nba um you know what i mean but i just don't see it happening and i don't trust it right now um same thing with the falcons it's just the falcons i have more known so i think they're that seven wins is can be very realistic for them but that division's tough as shit uh the saints people aren't they're not just gonna go away people are sleeping on the saints like the saints are still a really fucking good team like they still have a lot of good talent i think sean payton's gonna bring out a lot in uh james winston um whatever point is the falcons have a lot of weapons on offense they're gonna be fun to watch they're gonna have being a lot of shootouts but they're kind of like a worse Cowboys, um, and their defense is just stinky. 
Moving on to what are we moving on to? Jaguars at Texans. I'm not gonna say shit about this one. Uh, give me the give me the Texans. They're gonna beat the. Wait, whoa, whoa! Do not give me the Texans. I do not mean to say that. Give me the Jaguars. They're gonna beat the Texans by three or more points. The spread's at two and a half. Um, you're not starting any of these fucking guys. Maybe you're starting Marvin Jones in like super deep leagues at a flex. Other than that, just stay away from these teams. Stay away from these teams. Look for Trevor to blow up though. Look for just watch out for Trevor. Trevor might I'm not saying he's gonna like, you know, fucking go for like four hundred yards or whatever, but like he could. <laughs> he could. Um yeah, whatever. Ugh, fucking shitty game. Uh over under forty five and a half. Uh hmm. Take the over. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Take the over. Take the over. Moving on, because that game's boring. Steelers at Bills. This should be fun. This is a rematch of last year. Um, this is really when the Steelers started falling apart and the Bills really were getting in their stride. I believe this game is in Buffalo. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I believe this game is in Buffalo. Um, and the Bills are favored by six points. That's a big spread. Um, that's a really big spread. Ooh. Man. Ooh, ooh, I actually, ooh, um, yeah, I'll take the Bills. Uh, I'll say the Bills win by a touchdown. I'll say the Bills win by a touchdown. Over, under at 50, take that over. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I think Ben's probably going to, it's probably going to be one of those Ben Roethlisberger games where Ben's throwing like 40, 45 passes. I hope it's not, um, just because I want Ben to last, you know, like four weeks into the season. If they keep doing that, his arm's going to fall off because that dude is, He's not old, but he just doesn't seem like he takes the best shape, care of himself. Obviously, he's had elbow issues, so it's not entirely his fault. Um, but I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. We already know both these teams are very pass-heavy. Um, I think the Steelers are going to try and incorporate their run more. Um, and the Bills aren't the best run defense team. They're not the worst, but they're not the best. Um, so look for Najee Harris this game. Najee Harris is going to have... Oh, I'm, I just love looking at rookies week one. That's why I'm pointing out all these rookies. Um, just so you know, I am kind of doing this intentionally. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye on Najee Harris. Uh, he should be fun to watch this game. This should be a really fun game to watch. And um, yeah, give me the Bills by over a touchdown. Um, looking at these two teams' win totals, I believe they're both the same, which I was kind of... Oh, no, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrong. Steelers are at nine wins. Um which again could easily be a push. I could easily see him being a nine and eighteen, but because I can't do that, I'm gonna take the under there, and I'm gonna say they go eight and nine. Um, but again, that's so damn close. Like, if I had, if I wasn't so interested in making the best content for you guys, I would have just said push for a lot of these because I could easily see that happening. They, they could. That's probably their most realistic. I mean, these guys are fucking, they make odds for a reason. Um, but the Bills are projected at 10 and a half wins, which I think they're going to go over that. I think their floor is kind of 11 and 6. I think their ceiling's like 13 and 4, 14 and 3. Um, of course, that's really hard with the Miami and their division. I think Miami even has a chance of winning that division just because of that roster. Um, is more complete, of course, other than quarterback than Buffalo. Um, but we've already seen Buffalo do it. We know Josh Allen's an MVP candidate this year. Um, 
I think Emmanuel Sanders is actually like a low key, really, really good signing for them. Um, their defense can't be much worse than last year. Um, that's a lie. It can, but, um, their defense was pretty damn bad is my point. And hopefully we see some improvements there. Even if we don't, that offense is going to be blazing. So give me that over moving on to the Niners at lions. Again, don't talk about this for more than two seconds. You're starting everyone and their mother on the fucking Niners. I don't know why I just punched my desk that was probably really loud for you guys i'm really sorry about that but you're taking everyone on the niners and their mother because the lions are just dog um the lions are i mean excuse me the niners why do i keep doing that the niners are favorited by seven and a half points um they're gonna cover that shit the over under is at 46 um take the under just because the niners are just gonna run the show the ball um i'm kind of willing actually no i'm not gonna say this but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. If literally the Niners have like all their second team guys in the entire fourth quarter, like Trey Lance and Trey Sermon and fucking all those types of players are taking all the snaps in the fourth quarter because they're up by so much, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll just say that. The Lions are going to get blown off. Start everyone on the Niners. Sit everyone on the Lions. You're probably never even going to be starting anyone on the Lions anyways besides TJ Hawkinson. And even then, don't expect too much from him in this game. Let's go to the next one. Oh, wait. Win totals. Win totals, win totals. I keep forgetting. Niners are projected 10 wins. Wow. A lot of people are really high on the Niners this year. And, I mean, sure, it makes sense. Like, yeah, but... um, Fuck, this is another push. Nine or 11 wins. I'm going to go under. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. And I know the Niners have a really good chance of winning this division. Um, but I just trust the Rams and the Seahawks more. Um, I would never wish injury upon anyone. And I hope that the Niners can stay healthy. And again, I hope all these fucking teams prove me wrong. I hope the Niners go ballistic. I hope Jimmy G's comeback year. I hope Trey Lance is rookie of the year, whatever, whatever. But I just don't really see it right now. Um, I know their roster is goddamn loaded, but I keep seeing this loaded roster just get depleted and depleted and depleted every single year. So until see something different, um, other than the Super Bowl year, but we we all know that. Um, until I see something different, I'm gonna go with nine wins. Sorry, maybe I'm crazy. You can get mad at me if you want. You can reach out to me in my Instagram DMs, whatever. Um, and then the Lions just take the fucking under. I don't even need to see their projections. They're projected five wins. They're not going to win five games. Done. Next, we got the Jets and the Panthers. The Panthers are favored by four points. The spread. Whoa. Over-unders at 43. Take that goddamn over. Take it. 43 points? That's not shit. Yeah. No, take that over. I'll, I'll start with that. Take that over. Um... I think this Jets offense is going to be much improved. I talked about this a little earlier, but Robert Sala coming in with that Kyle Shanahan mindset. They're going to run the shit out of the ball. Um, they're going to work off play action. Corey Davis is going to get really involved. Jamison Crowder is going to get a lot of touches. Um, Zach Wilson's going to be an offensive rookie of the year candidate, um, but not really because they'll, they'll put him as one, but they're not going to win shit games, so he's not going to win it. Um, but his stats will be really good. Um, anyways, this Panthers offense, though, is just loaded um they've got weapons galore um 
just three really good receivers in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, obviously the best running back in the league in Christian McCaffrey. Maybe I shouldn't say obviously. One of the best running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey. Um, they're all healthy right now. Um, week one, hopefully Sam Darnold comes out and makes right decisions uh, against this Jets secondary. I think he, I think he will. I don't think this is a very good defense. Um, I don't think either of these defenses are very good. They're both really young. Um, but that's my point. Uh, I think the Panthers four point spread. I think they'll probably win by a touchdown, so they'll cover that. And I would also definitely take the over. Um, as far as you guys, you want to start in this, as mentioned earlier. Um, just look at a lot of the Panthers receivers. I would wait on Terrence Marshall. That's going to be someone you're going to want to bench, but most likely you got Robbie Anderson at your flex. Most likely you got DJ Moore as a wide receiver two or a flex. Um, and then on the jets, uh, you really just want to be looking at like in deeper leagues. You could look at for a Corey Davis, your flex, but that's in more of like 14 man, 12 man. If you got some geniuses in your league, um, other than that, you're, you're really not looking at anyone in the jets. So that's about it. Um, next up, we oh their win totals i cannot forget about that again panthers are at seven and a half oh i'll take that over i think they'll win eight games just eight though that's like just barely over that um i don't have too much to say about that again i've already said what i can say i think their offense is going to be improved um i think that division is still going to be tough as nails um i am not confident they're going to be able to get to a winning record um but, but I think they're going to have a lot to look forward to in the near future. Um, I just think they're like one or two years off. I could easily see them prove me wrong, going 10 and seven, making like the seventh seed in the wild card. But with this NFC West, West, excuse me, um, I just, I just find it really hard for these, a lot of these teams to, you know, get, to that spot get to that last playoff spot um and it really comes down to the more i look at it i'm picking a lot of these teams uh, a lot of these nfc teams to win or to win less games than they're projected um so if you're really looking at that last seven seed it's probably going to be between the panthers uh washington um who else am i forgetting the niners and i think if i had to pick out of any of those teams it'd probably be the niners um, so again, there's, there's a lot of good teams and the NFL competition is really great this year. There's going to be a lot of good teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, um, which just happens sometimes anyways. Um, so the Panthers, we're going to go eight wins over there. Jets, they're at six wins. No fucking way. I'm just sorry. No way. I haven't, I, what, what they won one, didn't they win one game last year? Did they win two games last year? I know they beat the Rams. Either way, they've made major upgrades. I don't know if it's five wins worth of upgrades, though. And uh, again, restating this, once I see it, I'll believe it. And right now, I just haven't seen it. Up next, we got the Chargers at Washington. And the Chargers are favored by a point here. That actually kind of surprises me. Um, I know a lot of people are really high in Washington this year um, for good reason too. They've got a great defense, as I've mentioned. I see a little regression from them this year, and I think the Chargers are going to take a big leap. I think the Chargers are going to be a sixth or seventh seed in the playoffs, maybe even a fifth seed. I think that's their ceiling because um, I just don't see them beating out the Chiefs for this division. But, but I think they're going to be much improved. I think the Chargers are legit. 
Um, I think Justin Herbert is a legit MVP candidate. I don't know if anyone else saw Brent Coleman's video. He talked about this as well. He agrees with me. Um, I've been saying this since before that video came out, um, but I have to say he made some really good points in it. And um, if you really, if you really think about it, um, and you really look at the trends, the NFL, the Mahomes, the Lamar, um, and now Herbert's next up for that second year blow up season, there's a really good chance of it happening. Um, no guarantees. I'm not gonna, you know, make some hot opinion take or, or hot take opinion, but this shouldn't really be one. Um, he's legit as fuck and they're gonna be a positive team they're uh just looking at their win total before we go into breaking down their game against washington uh i'll just say it they're they're projected where are they sorry where the hell are they they're projected nine wins and i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna eat up that over they're gonna win 12 games probably if they all stay healthy they'll, they'll win 12 games i just as long as derwin james joey bosa um, a lot of their young guys stay healthy, obviously like Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen's pretty healthy. Austin Eckler, um, AE 30, my boy. Um, as long as all those guys stay healthy, they should be a really dominant unit and they should have a much improved offense. And I really believe in this coaching staff. I think Brian, Brandon, not Brian. I think Brandon Staley was a great hire for Justin, um, in particular, because I think that defensive mind's really going to help him dissect defenses even better. Um, cause I think that is one of the things he didn't do too well with his rookie year. He just relied a lot on pure physical talent and now he's going to have, um, obviously he's a fucking smart ass kid. We all know that he was on the Dean's list of Oregon, all that good stuff, uh, majored in bio. Um, so he can do it. Um, and I think this is really going to help out his development. Wow. I went on a little bit of a spiel there. Um, guys, you're going to want to look out for this game is, well, again, they're pretty obvious. Um, you're going to start Antonio Gibson. You're going to start Austin Eckler. You're going to start Keenan Allen. Um, some guys to look for in really deep leagues is someone like a Mike Williams. Um, someone, oh, Terry McLaurin. No, that's not deep. Just sorry, Terry McLaurin. I forgot about that. Um, another guy in really deep leagues that you might look for is JD McKissick. Um, he just consistently catches back or catches, catches out of the backfield. Um, he basically sees all the dirt third down work. At least last year he did. Um, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Antonio Gibson just steals that away from him, but I just don't see that happening over a shift of a season like that. Um, I think JD is just the receiving back here, and he's got some receiving, a lot of receiving upside. Um, again, that's in really deep leagues, 14-man leagues, um, leagues with 12 people with three or four flexes, something like that. Um, he could be a sleeper this game, so just look out for him. And give me the Chargers to win that game and cover that spread. They'll win by a field goal or more. There's my wallet. Sorry. Um, and the over-unders at 45 and a half. I'd probably take that over. Moving on to the Dolphins at the Patriots. The Dolphins are projected. I'm just going to do the win totals right now. Nine wins. I think they'll go over that. I think they'll probably be a 10 and 17. Um, I think they'll probably barely squeeze into the playoffs. Um or maybe not barely. A lot of these thing is a lot of these wild card teams are going to be have around the same record. So even if you're like the seventh seed or the fifth seed, they're probably pretty similar in actual. Um, actually, what am I fucking saying? I'm lying. The Chargers are going to win like eleven or twelve games, so the Chargers are going to be like comfortably a fifth seed. And then, um, what are the other two? And then the Ravens and the Dolphins are my other two uh, AFC teams, and they're gonna 
probably have around the same record. They're probably going to be around 10-7. Um, anyways, so Dolphins are going to win 10 games. That's over 9. Take that. Uh, Dolphins are favored by two points in this game. I think they're going to cover that. Um, I think they're going to throw all sorts of crazy schemes at Mac Jones. Um, he's a smart player, but he's still a rookie. He's going to get confused. Um, the over-under is at 45.5. Yeah, 45.5. Um, man, give me that under. I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game. I think both these teams are going to run the shit out of the ball, play hard defense. Um, again, Similar coaching schemes. Brian Flores comes from that Belichick tree. Um, I think they both know what they want to what they want to do. I think they both want to confuse the shit out of their young quarterbacks. I think they both want to run the shit out of the ball and not have to rely on those young quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a low scoring game. It's gonna be a grind. Um, but I just think the Dolphins have a better roster, a better team. Um, not a better coach, but better roster, better team. And I think they're gonna pull out the win on this one. Moving on to the oh and. Who you're starting in the Browns? I mean, the fucking Dolphins and Patriots is pretty much no one. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not seeing a whole lot of value in either of those teams right now. Again, I've already said my sleepers who I'm fading. I'm kind of fading Miles Gaskin, so I'm not too high on him. Jacoby Myers is someone who I'm getting a little high on, but this Dolphins secondary is legit, and that's an understatement. Um, so there's just not a whole lot of fantasy value in this game um i think if there's any two players you're really going to take away from it um because you're probably going to start them regardless is probably like a damien harris and a miles gaskin and you could probably do that and still find some success so i wouldn't take that away from you next we got the browns and the chiefs um this is going to be a great fucking game um and the chiefs are projected to win by six which i think is pretty generous and i think that i would have the browns covering that spread i'm still going to take the chiefs to win the game i think they'll probably just win by like a field goal um but i think the browns will cover that spread this this browns team is legit as shit if you don't know that then you've been living under a rock or something because this is like the second best roster in the league if not like the best behind the buccaneers um so they just don't have flaws they've got they've got everything you can want um especially if baker keeps moving forward and keep playing well which i don't see why he wouldn't this o-line is developing greatly these running backs are legit he's got three dominant receivers yes i said three because i believe in rashad higgins and donovan people jones i guess that's two and a half three and a half whatever you want to say um but at any given time, he's got a bunch of receivers. He's got a bunch of tight ends. He's got uh, one of the best receiving backs in the league, Kareem Hunt. Um, best duo of running backs in the league. Probably best O-line in the league. Um, dominant, dominant, dominant defensive line with Miles Garrett, Judavion Clowney. Um, big dudes in the middle. I'm forgetting their name right now. Um, is Shelton Richardson still there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, secondary should be much improved with the additions of Troy Hill, John Johnson, um, Greg Newsome, uh, fucking, they, they stole JOK. Uh, yeah, I love the Browns. I love the Browns. I think they're the second best team in the AFC this year. They're my second ranked team, um, in the AFC behind the chiefs. Um, I still just think you have to give it to the chiefs just because again, they're, they're the chiefs. We know what we know, what we know. Um, obviously we know the Browns are going to be pretty good, but it's a lot more projection. The chiefs we've seen it already. So give me the chiefs to win that game. The over-unders at 53. Um, take that over it's it's a high one 53 is a lot of points but these offenses are going to be high flying and yeah i was just talking about that brown's defense is being legit as shit um guess what this chief's offense is more legit as shit 
So, you know who to start in these games. You're, you're going to start your Kareem Hunts. You're going to start your Nick Chubbs. Um, you might even bench your Kareem Hunts in not as deep leagues. And your 10-man PPR and your 12-man PPR, you're definitely starting him. Um, you're going to start Jarvis Landry at your flex. You're going to start OBJ your flex most likely. Um, though I wouldn't recommend the OBJ. I'm actually higher on OBJ. I'm excuse me. I'm higher on Odo Beckham than OBJ in this particular. This just seems like an OBJ matchup. I mean, Jesus Christ. God damn, Jack. This seems like a Jarvis Landry matchup. Fuck. Can't talk. Um, but yeah, Chiefs, you're, you're, you know, you're going to start Mahomes. You're going to start Kelsey. You're going to start Tyreek. You're going to start CEH. Um, yeah, don't start either of these defenses in fantasy. Um, oh, yeah, speaking of which, defenses you should be starting. <laughs> Maybe I should say that. Um, you're going to start the Niners defense at the Lions. Um, you could, if you want to be sneaky, you could probably pull off starting the Vikings defense against the Bengals, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and then other than that, it's just a lot of streams. Like the Dolphins defense against the Patriots, I could see having a good week. Um, I could see the Chargers defense against Washington having a good week. Um, I could see the Panthers against the Jets offense having a good week. I could see the Broncos offense against the Giants having a great week, and that's my stream of the week, by the way. Um, yeah, so those are some stream targets. Moving on to the Broncos at the Giants, speaking of which, um, the Broncos are favored by a point, and they're going to cover that shit. Um, I just don't like the way the Giants are building their team. It's just really awkward to me. Um, they've completely built it from the outside in, and it's just a little backwards to me. They've got a pretty damn good defensive line. It's a lot better than people give them credit for. They've been pretty solid against their run. Um, and the Broncos are probably going to be running the ball a little more this year, especially with Teddy Bridgewater under center. They're going to play a conservative way of ball. They're going to let their defense win their games for them. Um, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do this game. Um, even if they're not incredibly efficient running the ball, because again, that Giants D line is pretty better than given credit for. Um, this 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 defense is just going to eat the Giants up. Um, this pass rush is simply going to. There's just no way the Giants O line can contain it. Bradley Chubb, Von Miller coming off the edge. Um, this Giants O line is pretty much exactly the same as it was last year, and it was probably the worst in the league, if not the worst. Um, one of the worst, if not the worst, excuse me. Um, so I just don't expect much from this game. Um, what I am expecting is the over-unders at 42. Um, I'd probably take the under, which sounds ridiculous because that's like that's not a whole lot of points. That's 21 points from each side. Um, but that just shows you how bad both of these offenses are. Um, and to back up on what I said by the Giants who are building outside in, the Giants have receivers galore they've got a great running back we all know that but if you have no o-line and your quarterback can't get it to those receivers it doesn't fucking matter like that that offense just isn't gonna be able to get going um so i think dave gettleman's just really made a ton of weird moves that i don't agree with um and that's why i have the bronco winning and i have them covering that spread at one point and taking the under because these offenses are underwhelming um as far as people guys you want to look to start in this game you're going to start your saquons obviously you're going to start um the, your broncos defense make sure to start your broncos defense because they're going to have a big week um 
And then you're probably just going to stick with like your Jerry Judy's and wait on Quentin Sutton because we don't know what he's going to look like. James Bradbury is probably going to cover him anyways. And James Bradbury is a serious lockdown number one corner um, as he proved last year. So yeah, just start your Jerry Judy, start your Melvin Gordon, start your Saquon Barkley's um, and then just wait off from there and see, you know, maybe we'll have a big surprise in this game. Maybe Kenny Galladay will have a good introduction to New York. Maybe Sterling Shepard, who's looked really solid in preseason and training camp apparently, will have a big game too. But I wouldn't take the risk on those guys. I would just stick with who I just said. Moving on to win totals for the Giants and the Broncos. We have the Broncos are at seven and a half wins. Um, I think they're going to go over. I think they're going to win eight games. And I think their ceiling's about 10 games, um, but I think eight games is pretty realistic. Excuse me. Excuse me. Wow, had a little yawn. But I think eight wins is pretty realistic for this team. Um, this Raiders team that they're going to play tie series can be freaking awful. Uh, their schedule the first eight weeks um, is pretty easy. So I could easily see them going over that. This defense, as long as they stay healthy, is going to be pretty dominant, um, especially if they can strengthen up that defense against the run. And Von Miller should help with that. So I think they can easily get to eight wins. Um, as far as the Giants go, they're projected seven wins, um, which is the same as teams like the Eagles and the Falcons. Um, again, until I see it, I'm just going to take the under. Um, I get it. They have a pretty good defense. They've got a good defensive line, better secondary, as I've said. But I just can't trust this team. I can't trust Danny Dimes. I, this O-line is shit. Um, I don't love the coaching. Um, it's just... I don't know what I'm getting with them, so I'm going to take the under. I'm going to say they win like about six, five to six games. Um, up next, we have the Packers at the Saints. Um, really looking forward to this game. This was a great game from last year. Um, no more Drew Brees. We're finally going to see Jameis Winston under center as a full-time starter for the first time in a few in two years. Yeah, uh, where he went 30 for 30. <laughs> uh, man. Um, and is this right? Wait, what? This can't be right. Sorry, it's what? Okay, no, I guess, I mean whatever. I guess it's right. Um, it's saying the Saints are favored by two and a half, which just seems very ridiculous to me. Oh, man, excuse me, I keep yawning. Um, boring myself. Um, oh god, I'm at an hour and ten. I gotta wrap this up. All right, so Packers Saints, uh, just yeah, give me the Packers there. That's I don't know why the hell the Saints are favored in that game by two and a half points. That's a field goal. Uh, yeah, give me the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. He's, he wants a revenge tour. This is gonna be a high scoring game. You know how James plays. He's gonna sling that rock. He's a gunslinger. Um, I have a feeling Sean Payne's gonna try and tone it down a little bit, but he's gonna want to keep up with this high flying Green Bay offense. So he's gonna let him let it rip for a little bit. Um, and I think that'll make that over under 51 um i would take that over i would and um i would definitely take the packers straight up in this game this is another one of those games where you kind of know who you're going to start here you're going to start um in deeper leagues you're going to start your marquez callaways at the flex you're going to start your 
uh, Alvin Kamara in deeper super flex leagues. I think Jameis Winston's a great start here. I think Jameis Winston's just a great quarterback to have, period. Um, I think he's going to be extremely productive, and I think he's going to have loads of opportunity to pass the ball. Um, even that year we went 30 for 30, if I'm not mistaken, he was like the quarterback six or something that year, um, just purely because of yards and touchdown volume. Um, and it's I'm not saying that he's going to have – you know, 5,000 yards again, but he could easily have over 4,330 TDs. And if he keeps those picks down, that's a solid ass fucking year. And I would not be surprised by that. Moving on to these teams win totals. We have the Saints. I believe they're at nine and a half. They are at nine and a half, which I mean, man. Man, these this is this is a really tough one. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say they go ten and seven. I don't know if that gets them into the playoffs in the NFC. Um, I think they're gonna be fighting for teams like I've said earlier, like the Niners, like the Seahawks, like the Cowboys, um, like the football team. Um, and they could easily have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys or the Niners or a team like that. But I think they're going to win 10 games. I think Sean Payton's going to keep them really competitive. This roster's still really dominant. Don't forget how good their O-line is. Um, sure, they lost Janoris Jenkins in the secondary. But, I mean, they still have got some dogs there. They got Marcus Williams. They got Marshawn Lattimore. They got Demario Davis back. They got Cameron Jordan, who's still there. Um, Marcus Davenport's still very young and upcoming. I still believe in that guy. Um so I think Sean Payton's going to find a will, find a way to win 10 games. Um, don't forget, they went flawless with Teddy Bridgewater last year, and I think Jameis is honestly an upgrade over Teddy. Um, under this coaching staff, in certain scenarios, you could definitely argue the contrary, but in this coaching staff, I think Jameis is a better fit. Um, and then also looking at the Packers win total, I believe they're at 11. Yeah, they're at 11. Um, I'm going to take that over for sure. Uh, I think they're going to be the best, second best team in the NFC. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go on an absolute spree. Um, I think he's just pissed at the fucking world. Um, I think him and Devontae Adams are about to go for 2,000 yards together. No, not actually. But, yeah, just not much to say. Give me over 11 wins. I think they're going to go over that. Moving on to the Bears at the Rams. This is another game where it's – self-explanatory you know you're starting you're pretty much starting everyone on the rams except their running backs you're gonna wait to see what that usage is um i feel like daryl henderson's probably gonna out snap sony michelle at least just for this week sony michelle will probably find his way into a more suitable role and probably have more touches in the future um but just for now i think daryl is probably gonna get more touches this game so you're probably not gonna start either of those running backs start cooper cup start robert woods start matthew stafford that's not really surprising um on the bears you're not really gonna be starting anybody um even alan robinson's not gonna have a good game this this game he is probably gonna get locked up by jalen ramsey and that's not a nod um to or that's not a knock on alan robinson alan robinson's an absolute phenomenal receiver one of my favorite receivers to target in this year's draft purely because it's quarterback upgrades but the rams defense is just that good the bears offense is just that bad um they're not gonna be able to get much going uh so you're not going to want to start anyone on this bears offense you're not going to want to start anyone on this bears defense either um so just stay away from that shit the rams are favored by seven points and they're going to cover that shit um easily i think they're probably going to win by 10 to 14 points um I just don't think this Bears offense is going to be able to keep up. And this Bears defense is not going to be as good as last year. So 
Woohoo! It's my Bears. Um, the spread, or sorry, the oh God, I always say that the over unders at forty five. Um, that's another one that's pretty tough. I would. I'd probably take that under. Um, I don't think this is necessarily going to be like a low scoring game, but I just don't think the Bears are going to score at all. Um, they'll probably finish with like seven to ten points, um, and the Rams are probably just going to blow them out. And I don't know if it's going to be like a ten to thirty five type of game. So <laughs> I'll take the under because this Bears defense is still at least competent. Um, this Rams offense could still be getting some like chemistry under their belt. I have no idea if that's the right way you should say that, but whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm going to take the under on the over under, and then I'm going to take the Rams to cover that spread 100%. Moving on to the very last game, and then we got to get this podcast wrapped up because no one's going to be listening to this shit for an hour and 16 minutes. If you are listening to the end of this, you're the fucking bomb.com. Uh, share this with all your homies. Share this with the family. Share this with the grandma. I, maybe maybe Grams doesn't want to hear this one. Share this with your neighbors, your dogs, your loved ones. Um, just means a whole lot if you support the channel. Um, maybe I shouldn't say channel. I don't know if this is going to be on YouTube. Um, if you support the podcast, um, I'm going to try and get a whole bunch of things going. I'm going to try and get a Patreon going um, so you can donate to me. You can help me out. Um, you can make private suggestions through there. You can ask me direct questions. You can... Um, all sorts of things. I'm going to get that figured out in the near future. I'm hoping to open up an Instagram account so I can promote my podcast. So you can, again, ask me questions. Uh, there'll be polls on there for what topics we want to hear each week. Um, hoping to get, you know, just my arm spread, my influence, you know, established across this community. Um, really hoping you're enjoying this podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And let's get into this very last game before we get going. Last game, Monday night game, we got the Ravens at the Raiders. Um, this is another game that I just don't know why this over-under is so high. It's at 51 points. Um, I think it's going to be under that easily. I think this Raiders team is going to be super fucking bad. Um, they have Derek Carr throwing to Darren Waller. Um, that's about it. <laughs> uh, this Ravens defense is going to be really solid. They always are. Um, Josh Jacobs is portfolio is down ever since they brought in Kenyon Drake. Um, so I just really don't know what to expect from this Raiders offense, except I do know what Darren Waller is. I do know what Derek Carr is. Derek Carr is not really someone you're going to want to go out of your way to start, especially against the secondary this good. Um, so, but at least you know what you're getting. Um, in super flex leagues, you can be a really low end QB two. But even then, I would I would try to find a better option. I still think there's better things out there. Um, I think you can look at like a like a like a Jameis, like a like a. Da, 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 da. I think Zach Wilson's probably gonna have a better game than him. Um, I think Carson Wentz could have a better game than him. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a better fantasy game than him, maybe not statistically, but rushing-wise and all that good stuff. Um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick could even have a better game than him. Um, besides the point, um, this Raiders team is shit. <laughs> this Ravens team is fighting a lot. That sounded similar. That sounded, I'm going to rephrase that. This Raiders team is not very good. This Ravens team is dealing with a lot of injuries and is not... 
as good as some people would project them to be right now but they're still gonna be a lot better than the raiders um they're only favored by four and a half points i think they're gonna beat them by more than that and again that 51 point over under i think that's gonna be an under so with all that being said we can look at the raiders and the ravens win total the raiders are eight wins no shot they get that (laughs) just no way um i think their ceilings like six and eleven seven and ten um watch they're gonna go fucking 11 and 6 and i'm gonna look like a damn moron but i just don't see how this team can compete with other nfl caliber teams they've just they've got one starter returning on the offensive line they've made a bunch of weird ass moves i really don't like um sure they had a pretty damn good draft but it still doesn't really make sense to me that they took three safeties um they got and they're all really good don't get me wrong um Oh man, I forget his name. Uh, Morig, uh, Gillespie, and Diablo are the three safeties they took. And I know they're bringing in. Um, oh man, what was that guy from the Seahawks who runs all that cover three with three safeties? Whatever, Gus Bradley. Is that his name? Am I fucking this up? Yeah, I know they're bringing in Gus Bradley, and I know that's like the scheme he wants to run, whatever, and they, they need a bunch of safeties for that shit, but I don't know. I just don't love the way they're building their roster. Their roster just doesn't seem to have the same talent as a lot of these other teams, especially with teams that, you know, have the same win totals, like Washington, Cardinals, um, even the Broncos and Panthers have lower win totals than them, and I could easily see those teams being having much higher ceilings than the Raiders, um, particularly in this AFC West, which is extremely, extremely, extremely tough. Um, and I have the Chargers and the Chiefs making big leaps this year. Um, I mean, maybe not the Chiefs making big leaps, but either way, it's going to be really hard for these, this Raiders team to get out of there um, with eight wins, and I don't think they will. Moving on to the Raiders. I'm God damn it. <laughs> to the Ravens win total. They're projected 11 wins, which is tied for the third highest in the league right now. Um, I do not see that happening. I think their absolute ceiling is about 10 and 7. Um, and that's mostly because of... Man, I've yawned like three times in fucking 15 minutes. I need to shut up. I'm boring myself. Um, and that is mostly because of the injuries they've had in training camp. Um, of course, most lo- notably being J.K. Dobbins being out for the season, which really hurts their run game. Um, of course, their run game is still going to be dominant. They still have great schemes. They still have Lamar Jackson, who opens up a bunch of things in that remark. Um, but beyond that, um, J.K. was just extremely efficient. J.K. was a lot of their identity. J.K. could catch passes out of the backfield. Sure, Justice Hill can do that, but he is purely a third down back um, who's undersized and more of a scat back jk was truly truly a bell cow workhorse bodied back who could also catch passes and had great upside so that really hurts that offense and of course um takes away a lot of fantasy points from that backfield um and of course the ravens have been dealing with a lot of injuries to their receivers most notably rashad bateman marquis i almost called him marquis goodwin marquis hollywood brown um, guys like that have been dealing with a lot of injuries and I just don't see that stuff just going away or getting any better anytime soon. So I'm a little low on this team. Um, but the stock is very high on Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards, guys like that. They're about to blow up this game. Um, if there is one team you want to start against in the season, other than like, obviously the Texans, the Jaguars, the Eagles, the worst teams in the league, um, it's the Raiders. Cause truthfully, I think the Raiders are going to be one of the f- five or six worst teams in the league. Um, 
maybe that's a little maybe maybe like eight maybe they'll be the b- bottom 25 percent. regardless they're they're one of the worst teams in the league and this is a great way for lamar jackson to open the season get some confidence going for himself and well as long as excuse me as well as the weapons around him to get some confidence themselves because obviously there's a lot of guys stepping up from lower positions of the depth chart anyways that's gonna do it for me here um i'm gonna double check all my notes make sure i got everything i wanted to say today um yeah it looks like it so i really appreciate you turning in today um i will be back by next sunday this is gonna go up on sunday these are gonna go up every sunday um I'm going to try and keep that going. It's going to be a little hectic to keep it exactly on Sundays. Maybe sometimes they'll come out on Mondays. Point is, they're going to come out before each week, the very next week. Obviously, this is week one's podcast. Week two's podcast will hopefully be out by next Sunday. And it'll be similar topics. As opposed to focusing on the redraft um, right in the beginning of my podcast, I'll be focused more on uh, waiver wire ads, waiver wire drops, as I said. And then we'll go through the same things. We'll go through um spread uh over under and then we're gonna go over fantasy starts and sits who i'm high on who i'm low on um all that good stuff good jazz again if you enjoyed the podcast please share it with friends and family share it with your dog share it with your neighbors share it with your grandma share it with your fucking mechanic share it with your plumber share it with whoever because right here at professional sports talk me jack murphy i'm gonna help you with your fantasy needs and wants and i'm also gonna help you with your sports betting needs and wants once again hopefully i can get the patreon going hopefully i can get instagram going i'll be following some of you guys i'm sure that i've listening into this now um get your opinions back uh hopefully we can make this podcast as quickly successful as we can and we can get everything that you know you guys want in there um so i'll be sure to get that going hopefully you guys enjoyed this pod and with all that being said i'm out of here thanks guys appreciate you have a good one bye-bye